When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white, nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Previously, in episode four, Joe's mother was emotionally drained and anxious when she discovered that Joe knew all about the creatures. Back in Scotland, things went pear-shaped when two elves crept into Joe's bedroom and stole her copper bangle. Iki dashed out of the window after them, causing the Mac creatures to follow, screaming in a war-type rage. Iki discovered the underground kingdom of the Dark Elves. Many hours went by and nobody heard any news. Joe started to shake and cry. This was a nightmare. The first light of day was peeking over the moors and Joe and Mary found themselves exhausted and anxious. The birds across the moors started to chirp their morning calls. Mary put on the kettle. It had been a long, sleepless night. Seamus had taken off, determined to help find Iki and the stolen bangle. Mary was worried about his welfare. She never said anything to Joe. Under the ground, the dark elves chuckled heartlessly as they put the bangle on top of their pile of stolen goods. They had managed to get away from Iki, and that was an achievement. Seamus and the others were still running along towards the underground home of the elves. They weren't sure where the entrance was... It didn't matter. They were going to find them and win the battle. The large McGulper galloped ahead and was quite prepared to jump down the hole first if needed. They just had to find the right entrance to the world below. As they strode purposefully, the wind took up and the ground squished under their feet. Seamus ran forward to join the leader and unbelievably managed to fall over an exhausted, wet and sorry, Iki. What would you be doing here all by yourselves? Are you in right? You're covered in slime and look terrible. Iki looked sideways. Of course she was in a mess, considering she'd been running after two horrid elves. What does he think she was doing? Cranky and angry with everyone, Iki started to cry because she had not caught them. Seamus felt terrible because he had asked such a stupid question 
and Iki was tired and emotional. The small slope at Downs was a great help to the townspeople. She knew where the entrance was and had guided them right to the entrance. They threw down a huge thick rope and started to descend into unknown territory. One by one, they descended and soon the hole was filled with angry, fighting creatures. When they came to the door, their plan was to bang it down with everybody's weight. It didn't budge, and that fueled their intent to achieve their goal. Everybody was about to ram the door again when it opened. The door opened up to a world of dark elves, mischief, and a town of dark secrets. Giggles once again could be heard, and red eyes darted backwards and forwards, causing panic amongst the creatures. Seamus seemed to gain enormous strength and courage and marched ahead intent on finding the bangle, his breath hot and snorting from his nose and his eyes focused in front of him. The elves were alarmed and shouted for help as Seamus ran as fast as he could and grabbed one of the terrible two. Let me go, you stupid, skinny, ugly creature. Get out of our land and go back to where you all belong. Seamus didn't let go and demanded to be shown where all of the town's stolen goods were. Back at the town, Mary and Joe were concerned that hours had passed and still no news. Mary was agitated. It had been such a long time and she turned to Joe and asked, Do you think you can travel to Eki and bring her back? Okay, Mary. I think it's time I try to travel to Eki. Surely it can't be that hard. I just have to believe in myself. That's what my Aunt Pepper would say to me. Believe and manifest a reality. It's all about the law of attraction. Joe sat on the floor, closed her eyes and began the familiar travelling chant. Nothing happened. So she tried again with all her might. All of a sudden, the room started to swirl and her head became dizzy. Oh no, something strange. I've gone too far. Where will I end up? Where am I going? Looks like I've managed to do what Iki did and it's not at all comfortable. Spinning and rocketing at the speed of light, Joe was thrown violently towards Earth. Thankfully enough, Joe found herself landing headfirst into a hay wagon. Collecting herself together, she looked about and saw that she was now travelling in the wagon on the way to her hometown. Joe had managed to travel directly back to Australia. Her shoulders dropped and she relaxed. Home! Just where I need to be. Thank goodness for the eucalypts, the brown grass and the kookaburras laughing. Oh no, what about Iki? I not only travelled myself for the first time, I managed to get myself home. Joe needed to get home, calm down and change into appropriate clothes. Winter clothes in a hot Australian summer didn't match. Hopefully her mother was at work and the house was empty so that she could change and disappear into the bush. She needed to see Aunt Pepper. It wasn't long before she reached the front gate and Band-Aid came running up to her eager to receive some attention. Band-Aid, calm down and stop jumping on me. It's as if I've been away for years. The house looked a little tattered. 
The garden needed a lot of attention. The grass was tall and all the garden beds were messy. Weeds had taken over and most of the plants needed water. Joe was confused. She didn't recall the house being in such a mess before she left. Opening the front door, she noticed that the flowers on the dresser in the hall were dead and the carpet was dusty and faded. Something is terribly wrong. Everything seems mixed up. She slowly walked up the stairs. The house felt a little creepy. It was as if it had been vacant for many years. Cobwebs hung from the stairwell light. There was scattered mice poo everywhere. It smelt damp and unwelcoming. Her mother had always been particular about keeping the house spick and span. Joe started to get upset. She was worried that something had happened to her mother. Maybe she was ill in hospital and where was Geoffrey? Eventually, she arrived at the entrance to her bedroom. She walked in slowly, frightened at what she might see. Everything had been packed up. There wasn't anything around that even gave a hint that this had been her room. No toys, no bedclothes, nothing to give her comfort. The room was bare. Shocked and trying not to believe what she was seeing, Joe decided to go downstairs and check out the kitchen. That was the room they had spent many hours chatting over cups of tea. Surely something would be there that could give her a clue as to what has happened. The kitchen was also empty of anything familiar. Not a cup or saucer or even the kettle to be found. Looking around, Joe's fears came alive. What year was this and what was the time? Come to think of it, Band-Aid is looking quite old. And where is Tim Tam? He's usually lying around or whining to be fed. Joe's heart began to race. She felt quite faint. She had to be in some kind of nightmare. If Eki had managed to travel them with a mishap to Scotland, what kind of mishap had she just had? How long have I been away? I wonder what's happened to me. Looks like I've got it all wrong, just like Eki. This time it could be disastrous. The Scottish Matt Gulper promised me that the time would be taken care of. Is it his fault or have I mucked it all up travelling myself? This is the pits. On the kitchen table was an old newspaper, yellow and torn, so Joe decided to check for a date. According to the date, ten years had passed since anybody would have read it. That meant that ten years had passed since she had travelled to Scotland. She would be 21 years old. She stuck to her rough calculations, remembering the year she was in when she travelled. Joe never considered that it could have been longer than ten years. She needed to gather her thoughts and, of course, change her clothes. Unfortunately, there was nothing in her room to change into. This was a disaster. The only thought that kept hounding her was what happened over ten years ago. Tears pouring down her cheeks and her mind racing. She felt like she was losing her mind. Was this a bad dream brought on by a bad travelling experience or was it really happening? 
She pinched herself, ran to the kitchen sink and splashed water on her face. She shut her eyes and turned around six times, then opened each eye one at a time. Jo shook her head and jumped up and down. Still the same result. Nothing had changed. Standing, staring out the kitchen window onto the backyard, she noticed that a new house had been built. I wonder if Mum and Geoffrey live there. Maybe Mum won the lottery and built a new home? That would make sense. She always bought tickets with a small change in her purse. Mum said that one day it would be her turn to win. Deciding not to be seen, she crept up to the house and looked into the window. To her delight, there was Geoffrey, her little brother, the rat bag, all grown up. He was sitting on the floor with a few children, telling them a story, and it sounded like the adventures of Aunt Pepper. Then, an attractive, dark-haired lady walked in and gave him a cup of tea, some delicious biscuits, and a kiss. Is that his wife? Geoffrey had his own family? But where is Joe's mum? It must be longer than ten years. As Joe moved away from Geoffrey's house, her brother became agitated. And kids, Aunt Pepper travelled into India. She was fascinated in the culture and loved the people. Sylvia, for some reason, Joe seems to have popped into my mind. It's been years since she disappeared, and I'm sad to say I haven't really thought of her for a while. Oh, goodness, Geoffrey. What brought her memory back? You haven't spoken of her in years. Have no idea. It's strange, but I felt she was nearby somehow. Joe had already reached the road, and memories ran around in her head. She was too confused and, like Geoffrey, agitated. It was all too much. She decided that the only thing to do was to find the bush path that led to Corkupper Ripple Creek. She needed to find the village and get her aunt to fix things. Yes, she needed Aunt Pepper and the creatures to fix up this mess she was in. Jo did travel on her first attempt. She also managed to travel right into the future. This was becoming more apparent as the day went by. Eki was stuck in Scotland and Jo was in some type of future time warp, Aunt Pepper would have her work cut out to fix this dilemma. The day was steamy and the hot Australian sun shone mercilessly, climbing over logs and wrestling with tall grass and prickly tree ferns, Joe managed to find the stepping stones across the river. Some things didn't change over time. Memories came flooding back and she held back tears as she soldiered on. Hopefully the gulper waters and slurpit downs are arguing as they usually do by the river. If they're up to their normal antics, I'll be able to hear them and approach them for help. She waited patiently and then her prayers were answered. Jo heard two creatures discussing the idea of honey on bread instead of bread and butter in order to catch blackfish. Peeping through the river reeds, she noticed that they were young and not the pair she had met before. Fascinated with the fact that things had changed, she followed their conversation with much interest. You know that I'm absolutely right about honey. It makes the fish stick to the hook. No, it doesn't. They can't grab hold of the bait on the hook because it's too slippery. What would you know? My dad says it's the only way to fish. 
Well, my dad says your dad's a silly, fat, good-for-nothing gulp of waters. And my dad says your dad's got a skinny behind. Do you want to hear a joke? My dad told me. Is it as stupid as your gulp of water's dad? Well, do you want to hear it, or are you just going to insult my dad all morning? Okay, tell the stupid joke. I'm all ears. I'm the one with two sets of ears. You have small ears that are always blocked. Where we always find diamonds. What a stupid joke. I guess in the ground somewhere. No, you big idiot. Think about it for a while. Before I do, stop calling me an idiot. It's not very good manners, and I'm supposed to be your best friend. I give up. Okay, where do you always find diamonds? In a pack of cards, you twit. That's very clever, you know. I bet my dad told your dad that joke. Your dad isn't smart enough to have made it up. Joe was unimpressed with the language. There was no excuse to call somebody stupid or an idiot. Even if they were grumpy young creatures, the two should not talk like that and they should know better. In the back of her mind, she wondered who they were. Once again, the two started thumping each other with gum tree branches, pretending they were having a sword fight. Joe laughed. It was good to be home. She just needed to be home at the right time. The light was fading and the bush started to become cold. Joe was happy that she hadn't changed from her warm clothes. You just have to have a win sometimes. Joe made the decision to travel into the village. She told herself to be less aggressive with her efforts and took a deep breath, relaxed and concentrated. Sitting cross-legged, she prayed that everything would go the right way this time. Absolutely nothing happened. She tried again. Nothing happened. What on earth is going on? It's just not fair. I managed to travel before. What do I have to do to get anything right? The two creatures heard her plight and crept up towards her to see what was going on. My dad said that years ago he met a joker and she was his best friend. You just copy everything I say about my dad. No, I don't. You always seem to know what I'm going to say. How does that work? Joe was sitting with her eyes closed. The contorted face she was making amused the young creatures. She wants to travel into our village. Let's travel her, and she will think she did it. It would be funny to trick her into thinking she did it. Do you think that we will get into trouble with our dads if we do? Don't be stupid. Nobody will know we did it. Wiggle your ears and touch your toes. Let's travel the girl and nobody knows. Joe felt the usual spinning and dizzy sensation. Next thing she felt was the wind blowing around her ears. She was thrown down onto the grass right next to the meeting place. Everybody squealed with fright because she landed with such a thud. Gulper Waters and Slurper Downs raced to help the girl as they were worried she might have been hurt. An old lady hobbled towards the girl with a shocked expression on her face. It was Aunt Pepper. Joe, my dear, is that you? Where have you been all these years? We've tried everything to find a solution to get you back and nothing has worked. We never gave up on you. Knew you'd find your way back. You're so smart. What took you so long? Everybody, it's a blessed miracle. Joe has arrived home after so many years. 
We all thought the worst, that she would be lost forever. Lost forever? I've only been away a day or two. It's just that I came back too far into the future. Oh no, Joe. You may have travelled into the future, but you've been missing for years. And Iki is also missing. Do you know where she is? Aunt Pepper, she's in trouble. Big trouble. In Scotland. Joe explained what had happened the day Iki tried to travel them back to the village. Then she told them about the Dark Elves and that she had tried to travel to Iki to save her from impending doom. The townspeople were horrified. What were they going to do? The time had been all messed up and everything had gone wrong. Aunt Pepper was quite old now and the thought of travelling back in time to gain a better future seemed appealing. If she did manage to go back with Joe, all the years Joe's family fretted for a daughter and sister would have never happened. It could change the course of the future they were now living. After a good meal and a decent night's sleep, we'll work out how to go back and help Iki out of a sticky situation and come back into the real time. That way, everything will be as it should be. There was no doubting it. When you mess with time, terrible things can happen. Aunt Pepper sat with Joe and told her all about what had been happening while she was away. Joe was exhausted, and after a warm cup of hot chocolate, Aunt Pepper tucked her into a comfy gulp of waters bed. Tomorrow was going to be a busy day. When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could You have just be been listening to the mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's book by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susan-pease.com. That's S-U-S-A-N hyphen P-E-A-S-E dot com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next magical instalment of the mysteries of Corkupper Upper Ripple Creek. Listen, enjoy and learn tips on saving the planet. That is a Slurp It Downs and Gulp of Waters fact. This has been a Cookie Scoop production, 2022. All rights reserved. Tune in next time. <laughs>